1: Hello! And
0: welcome to Awesome Etiquette,
1: where we explore modern etiquette through the lens of consideration, respect, and honesty.
0: On today's awesome show, we take your etiquette questions on writing thank you notes on behalf of your daughter, does a mother bring gifts for those who threw her daughter a shower? Who gets served first in a family? And what happens after the M on a reply card? And planning ahead for minimizing Christmas gifts.
1: Plus, your most excellent feedback, etiquette salute, and a postscript about bringing babies out in public.
0: For Awesome Etiquette sustaining members, your extra question of the week is about whether or not the table should be set all the time.
1: You can listen to your ads-free version of the show with its extra question by downloading it at awesomeetiquette.emilypost.com, or if you're a sustaining member, you can download the Teachable app.
0: All that's coming up.
1: Awesome Etiquette comes to you from the studios of Vermont Public Radio and is proud to be produced in Burlington, Vermont by the Emily Post Institute.
0: I'm Lizzie Post.
1: And I'm Dan Post-Senning.
0: So you went to the horse races this weekend, and I won prizes in golf tournaments this weekend. And I swear, we are not snobby clubby people. No, we're gaming
1: people. (laughs) This is,
0: yeah, we participate in things. I was kind of laughing at our respective weekends, though, just going like, Dan's off at the horse races and Lizzie's off at the golf tournament. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) And you did very well. I did. I had a lot of fun. I participated in a really wonderful golf tournament um, set up by a friend at our country club, and it was just, it was aces. Everyone had a great time. They really paired men and women together. Like, I both days I was on teams that were all men, and it was not that feeling of, oh, wow, look, she can keep up for a girl. It was like, whoa, look at that shot, and oh, you're carrying the team. Or like, it was what you want to feel in that type of environment, which is really encouraged, not nervous at all. And like, everyone's having fun and excited when people are winning or doing good things. So.
1: I'm hearing your father's voice in my mind. <laughs> He's a big one for enjoy your golf game. Yes. Like, don't let it become that thing that you are frustrated by or get angry. He's not a don't break your a club, club, throw your club <laughs> yeah. sort. He's a we're playing golf sort.
0: No, totally, totally. And he was very proud of his daughter who had two birdies, one on a par five that just made me elated. I'm still smiling. Was about it a it great now. shot? It was a great shot. It was such a great shot. It was a 10 foot putt that just went in and I couldn't have been happier. A true birdie on a par 5. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Please, though, I have never been to horse races. Can you tell me about your weekend?
1: It was so would much you fun. you tell me about your weekend? I would Sorry. love to. <laughs> and it surprised me how much fun it was. I don't have a lot of experience with this world. And what was so enjoyable about it was that well, two whole families got to hang out together and spend the day together, and it turned into a big event. And I should have known this. It is kind of a big event. A lot of people go. But... <laughs> It being my first experience, it it felt new. And we brought Anisha. She loved the horses. There were opportunities to to do a lot of things around the race itself or the races themselves that were fun for children and kids. And you could bring a picnic and have food and make a day of it. And there were a lot of hats. I felt a little silly getting dressed up to go, and I wondered if maybe we were Over, overshooting the mark just a little bit. Sort of you my like,
0: prepared to take it down a notch? <laughs>
1: my little etiquette voice was going off in my mind, and um, quite the contrary. It was fun to be somewhere where people were dressing up to have fun together, and the hats were a success, and they were not the only hats in attendance. Very
0: nice. My
1: mother and Pooja had gone hat shopping for you those. You felt good
0: fitting in. You felt good fitting in. Yes.
1: Um... It was also fun. We, we we had a nice spot. We set up on the rail and as the horses came around the turn to head down the stretch, the crowd around us would you know, get excited and start cheering. And Anisha was sitting there with me. And as the crowd would get excited, I watched her mm-hmm. get excited and start to yell, yay, yay, horses running. And, um, <laughs> it was a blast. I think we will go back again next year. We might choose another A weekend where it's even quieter, Mm -hmm. where we could have even more of kind of a family experience, although it was fun to be there with the crowds also on a big race day.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Big weekends, fun weekends, but we've got work to do.
1: We're back to it. (laughs)
0: Let's answer some questions. We'll Awesome Etiquette is here to answer your questions on how to behave. And if you have a question for us, you can email it to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. Leave us a voicemail or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. Or please hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Just use the hashtag Awesome Etiquette so we know that you want your question on the show. And Sustaining Members, please remember to put Sustaining Members somewhere in your question so that we can answer it over on the Sustaining Members site. Out of a smaller pool of questions,
1: we begin our show with a question on behalf of my daughter. My daughter just had a new baby, and she has two-year-old twins and a four-year old My friends whom she has never met have given gifts. She is overwhelmed, and I want to write the thank yous. Is this appropriate? Thank you Anne.
0: Anne, this is such a sweet thought, and you are really, I mean, it's really kind to look at your your daughter's life and say that's going to be a hard task to make happen. However, it's really a task your daughter should participate in in some way, shape, or form. We've seen times where folks have broken both arms or, you know, there's, there's, there's things that do happen that require some assistance in getting thank you notes out. But whether it's your daughter dictating them to you while you write them and then she just signs her signature or whether it's you coming over to babysit for a couple hours so that she could get them done. Or maybe her partner is able to help and write the thank you notes or do that same type of dictation because as both parents, they are both able to write those thank you notes. Dan, I'm pretty sure you wrote thank you notes for your baby shower gift. Yes. And the, the,
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm feeling a little inspired by the advice I'm hearing from you because there are ways to make this easier for someone. Yeah, And I was thinking about me personally. It's the organizing of the addresses Mm -hmm. that just having someone say, hey, could I get those addresses together for you?
0: Making a checklist and making it easy to then just like fill in the blanks. (laughs) Yes.
1: Makes that task feel much less like a chore and much more like something that I would find easy to do and even be excited to do because I'm writing my thank you notes, and that always makes me feel good.
0: Absolutely, I had mentioned things like going over to help and that sort of thing. If you're not in the area, is is there a friend is of of your daughters who you could suggest? You know, would you be able to go over and help her so that she could have the time to do this? That might be something that you could reach out to her, offer to pay for the you know the babysitter that already sits for the two year olds and the four year old. That might be another way to go if you're able to do those kinds of things. Um, but you really want. Want to have your daughter participate in some way, I understand that these are your friends whom she's never met, but I think it's still really important that that thank you come from her and have her participate in that thank you in some way, shape, or form. And again, spouse or partner thank yous are also if if she has a spouse or partner, they are they are really appropriate. It's okay to step in as a spouse or partner.
1: I'm also thinking that more thank yous are not a bad thing. If you are feeling personally touched by this effort that they made, you can thank them not on your daughter's behalf but just from you. I so appreciate what you did for my daughter. I heard about it. Thank you so much. Either as a warm verbal in-person thank you or as a little note is a really nice idea as well.
0: As a final thought, get ready to gasp. My mother said that she said if it's really an an issue and this would speed things up, that sending out those emails um, or even text messages, if she has phone numbers for people, some of these people obviously she hasn't met. It's unlikely that she has a lot of contact info for them. But that sending that email thank you of, thank you so much for the gift. I have a handwritten note to follow soon. At least get something to the person. Um, and you could do a phone call, too. But I guess. When my mother said that, I was like, oh, really? Oh, well, yeah, no makes sense. And it's still doing the thing where you're saying that handwritten note is to come.
1: And thanks for the question on behalf of your daughter. Everybody tells me to be more thoughtful. Well, I'd like
0: to be more thoughtful. If I only knew what it meant. Our next question is titled, do I need to say thank you as well? Question, my daughter is being married soon. My husband and I are invited to a couple shower being given by the groom's parents' friends. Should I take a gift to the two couples putting on the shower or dinner party? It's being held at a restaurant. My daughter will be giving gifts to them. Not sure if I should as well. Thank you.
1: So when I first read this question, I had to go back and reread it just to be sure that I was clear about who the gift in question was for. Yes. And when you are invited to a shower, you bring a gift for the guest of honor. Yes. But it's not necessarily expected that you bring a hostess gift for the people hosting the party. So in this case, that is two couples. It's not expected that you also bring gifts for the hosting couples. Sometimes you might feel so inspired that you just really want to do that For a shower, it's really more common to ask if there's a way you can help. Mm -hmm. Um, Be prepared to take no for an answer. (laughs) I like to remind people for showers, bringing yourself as part of the gift, bringing your enthusiasm for the event, your willingness to participate, to shower the guest (laughs) of honor, both with gifts but also with attention, love, affection, warm wishes – is part of the experience of this event for that guest of honor. And don't underestimate that role in in terms of playing it and playing it well.
0: I can completely hear in your question that you are so grateful for the generosity that's been bestowed on your daughter. You could absolutely send a thank you note to the hosts afterwards. Um, Again, just to reiterate what Dan said, you don't have to bring a gift for the hosts as a thank you at the time. And your daughter will be doing that, which I do think is appropriate. But you could absolutely send a thank you note to the hosts after saying, thank you so much for supporting my daughter. You did such a beautiful job. And I was so grateful to see her so celebrated. I mean, that would be so easy and really carry out the sentiment that I think you're trying to bring thinking of that gift. We hope that this helps and that you have a wonderful time at the shower.
1: Our next question is about who gets served first. This is a short one, but it made me think. So the question is, what is the correct order for who gets served first between husband, children, and wife?
0: Well, no matter what makeup of your family structure, I think that it is up to your family to decide what works. Whether that is a a structure that happens the same time at every single meal or whether that is a serving structure that changes based on who's at the meal and what we're doing that day and what kid is headed to what practice when, if we're in the car or if we're at the table or if we're at the counter or if we're on the picnic at the sidelines of the soccer game. I think it really comes down to practicality, but truthfully, it's going to be what makes sense for your family and what are the dynamics and the structures that you all feel confident and comfortable with.
1: This is a short question, and I'd definitely be curious to hear if it gets anyone else out there thinking, or maybe you'd like to share with us a particular tradition that works in your family. Please let us know.
0: Do you want more Dan Post setting in your life? Are you always bummed when our show isn't all business questions all the time? Would you like to attend one of Dan's signature business etiquette seminars from the comfort of your home? Now you can. We partnered with CreativeLive.com to deliver almost eight hours of our Emily Post Business Etiquette seminar series online. It's super easy to get started, and you can take the program at your leisure. But we know you'll devour it in only one sitting. Just go to EmilyPost.com slash online seminar and start learning from Dan in minutes.
1: Our next question is M... And that's M, not
0: M. Mm. <laughs> it's
1: a subtle distinction, but you're going to get it here. My husband and I have been invited to our nephew's wedding, and I have a question regarding the RSVP card. And M is already printed on the card. So do I write Mr. First Last Name and Mrs. First Last Name? Or do I write it just as our invitation is addressed? Thank you for your assistance, Jamie.
0: Jamie, this is a great question. The M is the start of the titles, and those titles can be MRS for Mrs. They can be MR for Mr. They can be MS for Ms. They can be MX for Mix. They can be M-S-S-R-S for messers or messer. And then it can also be M-I-S-S for miss. And it really can be any. Or if you do not feel like subscribing to a title, you can simply cross it out and write your name in. The nice thing is, is that anything that follows that M is up to you. So when I receive an invitation to Ms. Elizabeth A. Post, I can respond with Ms. Lizzie Post if that's what I would like to respond with. Or I could respond with Ms. Elizabeth A. Post. So either you can respond in the fashion that it was issued to you in, or you can respond with what you would like to respond with. The one thing that does kind of happen in this that is a bit of an old traditional unknown is that if I did respond with Lizzie, you know, Ms. Lizzie Post, then... Technically, you would expect to be seeing that on your table card or your um, way back in the day, maybe your dance card, your place setting, those sort of items throughout an event. It's not necessarily known today that a host would pick up on that and then carry it through. So just be prepared that, that your nickname might not end up as your name on the table card or something like that if you do use it on your RSVP. So it's a prompt. It's meant to make things easier. It's a prompt. It's meant to make things easier. Exactly. Lizzie, thank you
1: for clarifying that. Jamie, thank you for the question. Walter, how do you write such good social letters? Well, Nora, it's a talent. Some people have it and some don't. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Check.
0: Dear Lizzie and Dan, thanks for making a great podcast. I am addicted. <laughs> Woohoo! I have an absolutely awesome family that is so much fun, and everyone is so giving. So giving, in fact, that Christmas time can be the craziest circus you have ever been to. One Christmas, there were so many presents that you could not see the tree. This year, we also had a brand new baby boy, the first one of his generation, and we are so happy. With a new baby comes lots of stuff, and with the rise of online shopping, people are buying more stuff than ever before. Recently, I have become concerned about all the stuff that we have been accumulating, mostly because of the overwhelming effect it is having on the environment. Think Wally, and because it doesn't necessarily make parenthood easier. Therefore, in my own life, I am trying to incorporate simplicity and minimalism. That simplicity and minimalism extends to our child. He is so young. He does not need a lot of things. As he grows older, there are very simple toys like blocks and crayons that I want for him. But I want to keep stuff to a minimum. I'm concerned about all the gifts he will receive at Christmas time. I live in a different state than my family and I do not talk on the phone to all of my relatives regularly, but I always can call. They also do not know what items we already have and what we need. What is the best way to help direct my family and minimize the impact on the environment without being ungrateful for my amazing family? If I do say something, when is it an appropriate time? Thanks again. Buried under stuff. This is a really tough question.
1: Oh, Barry, this is a great question. First of all, congratulations.
0: Yay, new baby.
1: It can definitely create a certain uh, enthusiasm in a family when the next generation starts to arrive. And I don't think you're unwise to be thinking about and planning ahead for big holidays, particularly with what you shared with us about your feelings about a lifestyle of simplicity that you very much enjoy and want to share with your son. Here's the good news from an etiquette perspective. <laughs> One of the places in life where you do get to give some direction about gift giving is as a parent when you're talking to other people about gifts they'll be getting for your children. Whether it's the the type of video games or music or whether it's just the quantity or – amount of lead paint in something, you're allowed to set standards and boundaries as the responsible adult in this person's life that are going to be good boundaries for them to have. And and you get to make those choices and you get to share those with the other people in your children's life. And the good etiquette news is they should be prepared to hear that. Of course, there is always the question of how, and that's where the art of etiquette comes into play. And because directions about gift-giving are not always as well received as they should be when we're talking about parents and children. I think it's wise to think ahead, think about how you're going to do it. This planning ahead of time is a good idea. I think using word of mouth, talking to people, telling them it's okay to talk to other people about your feelings and thoughts on this are good places to start. I would also be prepared to receive gifts well if that request isn't honored, if that Word of mouth advice doesn't spread as broadly or isn't heard as well or as widely as you would like.
0: I think that's the, that's the trick when you're trying to help direct people when gifting is to not come across as ungracious or ungrateful and that's a really hard thing to do because sometimes when we start dealing with our families we think well i have to be extra firm because this person never listens to me or i know they're just going to want to buy stuff anyway so how do i keep reminding them and it becomes a chore in your head to try to deal with which kind of automatically puts a negative spin on it for you and it's really easy for that to come across then in your delivery to your family and friends if it's a birthday party or something like this and um and it can, it can really make it sound like you're ungrateful for the generosity. And I think that that's the last thing you want to communicate because it sounds like you love your family and you love what, what's going on with their spirit and that generosity of spirit. I thought that for your immediate family, you might feel confident suggesting a few gifts that are age appropriate. So when it comes time for crayons and books... Grands and books when it's time for video games or things like other than video games. But it's right now your baby's so young, thinking of a couple things that you could suggest to those immediate. I know that as an aunt, I really want to get something for my nephew. And I would like to get something more than just words and thoughts or things like that, or babysitting tickets. <laughs> um, so I'm looking for that opportunity to to put a special item into his life at Christmas. And I think it's wise to to have some suggestions for the immediate family for everyone else, say wishes and thoughts or you know good intentions or something like that, or even Handmade, homemade things are really nice. That can sometimes, when you ask for that, it can feel like a little more of a burden. But if someone makes an annual jam, you could easily say, you know what? Honestly, your jam would be the best gift for all of us at Christmas. Like, he's just getting started on foods other than, you know, breast milk or formula. And so it would be wonderful to have, like, little things, you know. Anyway, you get the idea.
1: (laughs) As I was hearing you talk about wanting to give your nephew something, I was thinking about some of the really creative gifts that you've given that aren't necessarily <laughs> gifts of stuff. I've seen you write songs for people. I've seen you record lullabies for people. So <laughs> that, that
0: for Anisha, yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, so I've seen you record a lullaby for my daughter. Really special gifts that, that don't contribute to that pile up of baby gear or stuff in the world mm-hmm. that really is what what this question asker is trying to avoid and there are ways to get creative about gift giving so that you're still able to to participate and to feel that 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 giving
0: if you're not very like creative and making stuff up on your own read a book read a small short children's book you have uh, recording devices on almost every single phone that can then be emailed or sent or texted it's really really easy it's a great way to connect with the kids in your life without creating stuff
1: buried under stuff we hope this helps you feel a little less buried and the this holiday is as special as it sounds like you've come to expect these holidays to be you know so many people are asking how the millers manage to have so much fun as a family
0: what's the answer is it money
1: or is it magic neither
0: And thank you for your questions. Please send us updates, comments, or feedback on our answers to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. You can also leave us a voicemail or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. You can also find us on Twitter or Facebook. Just use the hashtag awesomeetiquette so we know you want your question or feedback on the show. And sustaining members, please remember to put sustaining member in your question so that we answer it over on the sustaining member website.
1: week we like to hear your thoughts about the questions we answer and the topics we cover. We've gotten more feedback regarding the accessible stall and some different perspectives on the issue to think about. Our first piece of feedback begins, hi Lizzie and Dan, I have some feedback about the accessible bathroom dilemma in episode number 204. I've been in the situation of really needing to use the bathroom and was faced with a long line for the women's room. An accessible stall opened up, and the next woman in line declined to use it, keeping it open for someone who needed that stall. But as no one currently in line needed it, her consideration inadvertently created a shaming effect, whereas no one behind her in line then wanted to seem inconsiderate by taking it away from someone who wasn't present, and therefore cut the usable number of stalls from four to three, increasing the wait time for those in line. I say, if you are next in line and the stall is open and ask if anyone needs the accessible stall, use it without hesitation. Thanks for a great podcast. Regards, Melissa.
0: We also had this feedback about the accessible stall. Hi, Lizzie and Dan. Thank you for such a great podcast. I'm writing in response to the question about when it is appropriate to use an accessible bathroom stall. I need to first share that I do not use a wheelchair in a daily basis but did need one a few years ago due to an injury. So I may not be the best answer, but I think this might be an appropriate answer. Also, as a licensed architect, I am required to consider accessibility issues in all of my projects. So I think my perspective on this issue might be unique in a good way. During my injury, I visited a major tourist destination, and there was, of course, a line in the ladies' bathroom. I felt it was pointless for me to wait in line, only to get to the front of the line and still have to wait even longer until the accessible stall was actually available. So I asked the other ladies in line if they would mind if I went ahead and just waited for one of the two accessible stalls to open up. They all agreed and let me pass to wait closer to those stalls. That way, I was able to use the stall I needed without having to let the others pass me while I continued to wait for the accessible stall. I feel this also acknowledged that the other ladies had been waiting while also letting them know that I had need of a specific stall. I liken this situation to giving up your seat on public transit when you're sitting in the area designated for people with disabilities. Those seats or bathroom stalls were designed and designated for people with specific mobility limitations. The availability of an extra stall or another seat is a convenience to those who don't need those accommodations. But for some people, it's their only option. Signed, MP. I have really appreciated all the voices that have been coming in about this topic. We are seeing lots of different perspectives from families who use the accessible stall to those without visible needs for using the accessible stall for handling it in terms of keeping the entire line moving for those who might just simply need to get to a bathroom very quickly, the idea of uh, not camping out. Um, We have had a lot come up, and I'm really excited when the 20th edition comes out to actually be able to provide a lot of the feedback that we've heard as good etiquette advice.
1: Me too. I I particularly like the way you paired these two pieces of feedback because it it brought to mind... Two different perspectives about the same issue. And I was thinking about this. the second piece of feedback, the idea of starting a fresh line, that if you're someone who really needs that accessible stall, how you navigate essentially moving to the front of this other line and yeah. the way these two courtesies pair. That if you keep that line moving and you're thinking about that courtesy, that there's also this reciprocal courtesy of also – Allowing for people that really need that space to kind of slide up and forward and how how nicely they fit together so that everybody is getting the maximum benefit.
0: And not feeling shamed out of needing to use a bathroom badly or just out of uh, uncertainty of what to do. It was – there's been a lot of perspective on this, a lot, of, a lot of good perspective.
1: It's a great etiquette discussion, and I want to add my thanks to yours to all of the people that have contributed.
0: We also had this feedback from Caitlin to her fellow dater who despises the job question.
1: Dear Dan and Lizzie, I completely agree with the listener who wrote in about the ungraciousness of the employment question in online dating and in life in general. I, too, have recently joined the online dating community, but I didn't even realize I loathed that question until you brought it up on the show. I had been subconsciously avoiding it this whole time. Not only is it rather rude, but my job is absolutely the least interesting thing about me and probably is for most people. Right now, I do accounting for a living. Saying that makes me sound so boring. And boring is one thing I am definitely not. I have an arts degree for crying out loud. Let's discuss film, art, books, new and old, philosophy, anything but the banality of work. My job is simply what I do to keep a roof over my head in this overpriced rental market. It has no bearing on who I am or who I want to be. A writer, by the way, maybe someday I'll get paid for it. Yes! I understand a person's financial situation is certainly an important aspect to any long-term relationship, but these are first dates we are talking about here. No one is marrying anyone yet. I can barely even bring myself to ask the question before meeting someone in person. It does not matter. I do not care if you wait tables or are a stockbroker. Impress me with conversation. Dazzle me with your intelligence. Just try to have fun with it. I have a couple pieces of hopefully good advice for my fellow e-dater. First, you could list your occupation in your profile, negating any need for the question in the first place. If they do ask, they did not care enough to read past the first line of your profile. Swipe left or unmatch, I guess it depends on the app. This online thing is confusing. The second option is what I have done myself, and while it does not prevent the question, it helps me to whimsically dance around it. Originally, I wrote about my myriad interests in my bio and ended it with the statement, oh, and I have a job, but that is not important. Something like that at least shows my attitude on the subject of career talk. Later, however, I changed it and actually entered in the employment line of the bio, Professional Daydreamer, at Anywhere and Everywhere. It is really a more accurate portrayal of myself, and let's be honest, I get paid for it sometimes too. Just don't tell my boss. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dan and Lizzie, for such a wonderful show that helps us navigate the sometimes perplexing etiquette situations we find ourselves in in this modern world. Caitlin. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Caitlin, thank you so much for sharing this. And I hope that you become a writer, too. This was a really fun question to read and and hear your voice. And it was really there. So keep keep at it, please. I love this, though. I love this advice of try to find other ways to show that the work is not what's important to you if your job isn't something that defines you. I've been thinking about this question a lot since we got it. And the thing that I have come to is that I think that it would be appropriate to start asking people a, if they like their job or if they like to talk about their job. So first, just ask if this is something you're interested in talking about. Hey, so do you like your work? Is it something you like to talk about? Or is the rest of your life what really kind of, you know, sustains you or da da, da. And then you give the person permission to go into whichever direction because – I mean so much of my job is my life and it, it dictates so much of my life. So it, it, for me, it, it would be something that sometimes I want to get away from and other times I'm like this is actually pretty important to communicate about to someone new that I'm meeting because it's so a part of me. It's a nice middle ground question that's essentially saying –
1: I care what you think about this. It's not just I want to know and I'm going to be making judgments, which I think are some of the issues that people have with the way this question either comes across or really functions.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get to the person and how they feel about it rather than what it is they do. Caitlin,
1: I also appreciate your good humor. I liked your sample scripts. Bravo. We also had a Twitter response to the same question that, also illustrated some good humor. At Emily Post Dance regarding episode number two oh six. In DC, the joke is that all social conversations start with what do you do? even before names. There is truth in the humor, especially when the answers 80 percent of the time are lawyer or work for the government. Hashtag awesome etiquette. (laughs) This is the 120 character version of that good humor and that acknowledgement that this is a reality. And I think sometimes that that good humor response is one of the best ways to deal with it
0: absolutely thank you all so much for sending us your thoughts and updates and please keep them coming you can send your comment or update to etiquette at emilypost.com or leave us a voicemail or text at 802-858-KIND that's 802-858-5463
1: It's time for our Postscript segment where we dive deeper into a topic of etiquette. And today's Postscript comes from The Gift of Good Manners.
0: Dan's mom wrote this book. This is the
1: Emily Post Umbrella Book. It is a parent's guide to raising respectful, kind, considerate children and – It's particularly fun for me to pick this book up these days. My mother wrote this before she had grandchildren, before I had a daughter of my own, and it is such a delight to return and to read my mother's words and hear my mother's voice in my mind offer advice about raising respectful children. Lizzie Post found today's excerpt on page 44 of The Gift of Good Manners, and it's about taking small children, very young children, toddlers and babies into public places. Today's reading begins. You will take your baby to many public places during her first year, to the doctor's office or clinic for checkups, to the grocery store, and on other shopping trips, perhaps to her older sibling's school, parks, restaurants, and special events. In her second year, you'll begin teaching the manners for behavior in public places. Right now, it's up to you to see that each out-and-about occasion is fun for your child, comfortable for you, and not an imposition on others. The advice begins. Plan ahead. Remember when you could just grab your keys and hop into the car for a quick run to the store when you ran out of bread or milk? Now, even the briefest trip requires advanced planning. Pack your baby bag with all the things you might need. You may sometimes feel that you are equipping a small army, but if you anticipate needs and always expect the unexpected, you'll be able to cope with whatever arises. It's also a good idea to plan for quick escapes. In an unfamiliar place, reconnoiter a bit as soon as you arrive, locate the changing rooms, rest areas, and exits. A little dramatic.
0: (laughs) I was (laughs) going to say, this is Cindy Bo's setting, a little dramatic.
1: The advice continues, scheduling and timing. Try to schedule out and about activities around your baby's routine. If you don't want her to fuss while you shop, go after her lunch or nap. Also, be conscious of time. Your baby can only tolerate her carriage or stroller for so long. If you can, take your own car on excursions to avoid the hassle of installing your car seat in someone else's vehicle. With your own transportation, you can leave early if your baby becomes cranky or overly tired.
0: That I know is is a tip that a lot of people feel like they don't want to use, and I really encourage hosts to... Without making parents feel like they're being pushed out of a party, encourage those guests who are with young children to do what works for them. If staying is what's going to make you feel more comfortable, let's find a quiet space so that, you know, the you can figure out where the fussing's coming from and we could do this or make it easier on you. If it's easier to just come, say hi, try it, it's not working for you, go home, that's okay too. And especially during those early months, um, it can be hit or miss. There can be times where you want to stick it out and try to get through and times where, nope, you just want to pack right up and go right home. And I just I loved this tip about really thinking ahead about having your own transportation. If you don't have a car, think about making sure that you have that bus fare or that cab fare or that Uber on your phone, whatever it is that you use so that you're ready to go if you need to.
1: Cindy Post-Senning concludes with basic considerations. In public places, the basic etiquette requirement for parents with babies is always consideration for others. Practice the golden rule and do for others what you hope they would do for you in a similar situation. And then she goes on to talk about eating out, religious services, civic events, the business office, entertainment venues as particular locations. But the the broad advice remains this balancing of the needs of your child with consideration for others in public places and – It's easy to get absorbed with a child, particularly a demanding child, or just a child who has very real needs.
0: Well, and your own needs and resources. Like there are some times where you are are really able to look at those other people around you in a situation. And there are times where I am sure as a parent, Dan, correct me because I haven't been through it myself, but where your capacity to consider others is more limited. And what I love about etiquette is it gives you that – refresher chance to say wait a second yes this is it's it's my reminder to try and and keep those other factors and other people in my mind even when my stressors are being pushed. And so I hope that people can look at it as as like a positive encouragement and a supportive positive encouragement rather than some kind of shame like, oh, your baby should be perfectly behaved or you should never be out of the house. Like no mother or father should ever feel that way. There is a realness to considering the other people in a situation. And I think the more that we can... Be um, encouraging and supportive in that as opposed to uh, dismissive or judgmental. I think we're going to have a better time all getting along out in these public spaces and watching the joy of families be around us.
1: I can hear my mother's thinking in the way this (laughs) section develops and that it starts with really preparing to support your child. that, That There is this real awareness and concern for taking care of that person you're responsible for know the nap times, know how long they can last, know what it is you need to keep them feeling comfortable and able to participate and enjoy the benefits of experiencing new things, being in public places, interacting with different people. I I also can hear my mother's logical thinking (laughs) that like those things being done, that you have an exit strategy prepared for when it doesn't become positive for them any longer to be there as well as the other people. That you're able to do that and then finally that you know when to call it yeah. <laughs> and, and that, it's
0: okay to do and that. that it's
1: okay to do that and again it's a balance between all these different things and everybody's learning together new baby new parents new baby old parents <laughs> 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 and all of the rest of us who share those public spaces as well lizzie good find thank <laughs> you for taking me back to the gift of good manners On the other hand, Tom's parents try to handle the problems of growing up in a constructive way. They gradually increase his independence, at the same time encouraging him to accept responsibility for what he does.
0: Therefore, Tom doesn't have to rebel. We like to end our show on a high note, so we turn to you to hear about the good etiquette you're seeing and experiencing out in the world. And it can come in so many forms. Today we have two. The first salute comes from Amanda. Amanda. Hi, Lizzie and Dan. I discovered your podcast in the last year or so through Ask a Manager, and I am impressed by the back catalog. I'm still making my way through 2016. I have an etiquette salute that might not relate to a specific point of etiquette, but it's a nice gesture that has encouraged people to pay it forward months later. Over the winter, someone placed a bottle of scented moisturizing soap in our workplace bathroom, which was a great option compared to the standard drying commercial soap. I even witnessed an anonymous thank you card left for the soap lever. (laughs) I love that. Over the next weeks and months, new soaps and lotions appeared as one ran empty. To the women that continue to pay it forward, I salute you. Thank you for providing that little pick-me-up of beautiful fragrances and the reminder that small, simple gestures can make a lasting impact. Thanks, Amanda.
1: Thank you, Amanda and Amanda's coworkers. This is an awesome etiquette salute. I feel inspired to look for ways that I can contribute to public places in little ways that make them better for everyone. We also have this salute from Amberly, and I'm going to do my absolute best to read this as well as I can, but there's definitely some words here that I'm not sure about the pronunciation. I wanted to send out an etiquette salute to the staff members of the Jam Hotel Hinyatuka in Lviv, Ukraine. My family and I stayed at this hotel on a recent trip to Lviv, and the staff were amazing. They greeted us with a friendly smile every time they saw us, and the breakfast cafe staff were amazing, even adjusting the times they served breakfast to accommodate the guests, including myself, who were staying at the hotel and attending a three-day convention and needed to make an early bus pickup time. The staff all made us feel at home while we were away, and my sincere thanks goes out to them. Thank you very much in Ukrainian, Amberly. And Amberly wrote, "Thank you very much in Ukrainian." And that part I can't read because I can't read it. But <laughs> it's I want to great salute. <laughs> thank Amberly for her salute, and it's so fun to hear from people all over the world listening to the Awesome Etiquette podcast. And thank you for listening. Thank you to everyone who sent us something. You can send your next question, comment, salute, or feedback to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. Leave us a message or text at 802-858-KIND. That's 802-858-5463. On Twitter, I'm at Daniel underscore Post.
0: And I'm at Lizzie A. Post. That's Lizzie with an I-E.
1: On Facebook, we're Awesome Etiquette and the Emily Post Institute. Please consider helping us out by becoming a sustaining member. You can do this by visiting awesomeetiquette.emilypost.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, and if you like the show, please consider leaving us a review. Our show is edited by Chris Albertine.
0: Thanks, Thanks Chris.